Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay. I'm Mara, and Brian is on the other line. In the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in his flame. Amid the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. Good morning, Brian, and good morning, listeners. Welcome. Good morning, Mara. Good morning, listeners. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to listen to Him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because He who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever He wishes knowing He goes there with us. We will be healed as Him teach us to heal. Knowing He goes there with us. My friends, uh, no matter what adjective, or excuse me, whatever pronoun, I've got to get my English terms correct, you use to define God, nor never name you use, whether it's love, which is what I love to use, or it's God, Allah, Yahweh, uh, the eternal now, the uh, I am, the great I am, um, the creator of the universe, majesty. Whatever word you use to describe God, the reality is love is always waiting to be there with you. And today we're going to talk about the importance of that and the recognition of that in very frightful times. We're going to talk about fear and being safe. And um, I'm going to ask that Brian uh, talk a little bit. Normally we do our centering exercise first, although I don't think so. I would say that, but that would be funny. I don't know what we normally do. We normally do whatever we're moved to do. But we're going to put that off today because when Brian and I were talking on the phone, we were each looking at kind of the same financial or economic situation in our state. And we know that that economic situation is touching other parts of our country. And I found that Brian's description of what he did this week Um, and why he did what he did this week really, really reflected having faith that we are safe and that everything that is happening now is what is meant to be happening now for whatever reason. And it comes to a recognition that you are one small part of a whole. And how do we get through these? supporting one another. And Brian, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about what you were telling me this morning. I found it very, very moving. Well, as, as Mara was saying, that we were just talking about the different, the different economic situations going on in the country and, of course, here in the state of California. And Mara was making me aware of some different things that I was not aware of here in California that are taking place that's basically to where funding in necessary places are going to be being cut off by the governor uh, to try to save money because this state is in a, a huge deficit. And she was very concerned about that because it's basically affecting the people who need the money most, and that's where they were cutting the money off. And I was just, it just came to my awareness in that telling, in her telling me that, as well as just what I, has really been entering my awareness throughout the week, is that it's a very necessary situation that's going on right now in the country and in the world at large because this system, in my opinion, has been broke in the manner to where it hasn't been about the people. It's been about money, and our focus has been in the wrong direction. It's kind of like what I was talking about on my show yesterday 
and what's really, again, entered my awareness is that if you're getting up in the morning, going to a job that you dislike, but you do it because you need the money to survive, because that's where we put our focus in this world, is on financial money and being able to buy things, a home, food, clothing, a car, whatever it is. This is where we put a lot of necessity behind. And not to say that we don't need to keep the necessity there, but to have that be our main focus over our emotional and mental health, I say is backwards. And so what's going on now is we are tearing it down from the inside out, whether we realize it or not. It's a situation that's happening because it's necessary for us to change our focus to somewhere else. And the power is in the people. So if the people are the ones who are being hurt the most, eventually I've noticed in my life for sure and from talking to other people is that when you hit rock bottom, that's when you wake up and you have a change in focus and you see things differently and you change what it is you do. And so as we hit the bottom here in our economical state and in our in many different areas of our lives, we're, out, we're able to refocus and change. You know, I've, it's really entered my awareness that loss, the word loss is a misunderstanding of the truth because we could never lose anything. And if anything leaves our life, it's because it no longer serves us. It's actually getting in the way of us moving forward. So, for instance, if we lose a job, it's because we were complaining about that job even though we were going to it having a horrible experience at work, but we were there because that's a necessary function. And now as we are, quote, losing that job, it gives us the opportunity to now go out and get the job of our dreams, if you will, get a job that we enjoy doing. But we can also have a tendency to fight that and think that hell has come down and we've, we're in the gutter now and there's no way we're going to get out. And that's just going further, further down. But it's not necessary to do any of that. But the fact that you had lost that job is not really a loss. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to be now free and clear to go and find the job of your dreams or create the job of your dreams. And it's all in our perception of the matter. And so the way I perceive what's going on right now is a wonderful, necessary gift on getting to where it is that we all say we want to go. Although it's not, it might not be the perfect way to get there, but it ends up being necessary because we've chosen it. And that's another truth that I've realized, is that when something happens in our lives that we can, again, call a loss, it didn't have to be that way, but it ends up being necessary because it's of our choosing. Nothing ever gets forced upon us. Everything that happens to us is of our choosing. Now, whether that choosing be unconscious or conscious, that's the, the question. And so are you consciously aware that you chose it in some fashion, even if that fashion be unconscious? And then once you become conscious of it, it's no longer unconscious. And so as we start to observe and notice all these things and become aware of them, then we become empowered by them. And then our function and our effect, what, what it is that we can affect in the world, becomes stronger through that awareness. And so I just like to sit back and become aware of all the things that are happening and try not to judge them and just learn from each situation because each situation is a learning experience if we look to learn in each experience. I think that's... I agree with you. I think that we have all become complacent in accepting things as they are, my friends, and that complacency uh, is is outdated. That's probably the right word. It's a little strong for Sunday morning, but it's outdated. Our complacency has caused us to think, okay, if I have a job, that's okay, that's enough. And And I have to tell you, I, I've been fully aware of that because in my job I've been doing negotiations, um, something that you always aim to win-win in. And it's very difficult to win when when there is no money. And as I negotiate with my coworkers, I'm negotiating away things that benefits that I have. 
And it's really caused me to to look around at, at just what is the greatest good. What is the greatest good? And I'm not sure that I can define it, but I do know that it isn't where we've been. Where we've been, where we have year after year after year replaced people with machines, but we haven't had showed any concern for making sure those people can continue to survive. Just a basic human right survival in our country. Other countries are ahead of us in this regard, and I know I'm very proud to be an American. Don't ever think that I, I'm not, but I can recognize what's happening in other places. And we basically in our country have created an economic drama. Uh, there's an I Ching saying that says, out of chaos comes brilliance. Well, we're on the edge of needing brilliance. Even if our state governments were not in chaos, even if our banks were not in chaos because we've spent more money than we make or could ever think to make in 10 or 15 years, um, you know, even if our economic philosophy um, was not askew, even if none of those things were at the face in our face right now, the reality would be the the symptoms of a, of a broken or diseased economy is around us. There are um, many, many people we believe that full employment in our country, that's why you're seeing all the employment numbers out there all the time now, is because a lot of people, and a lot of people don't understand how, what, how we even get to employment numbers. Well, the numbers you see that they're talking about are the percentage of the people who are still eligible for overtime and are actively seeking work. So those numbers do not reflect the people who have fallen off the rolls or have given up and lost faith. And so there's really many, many more, millions more people unemployed. And we made a decision, but let's act just for the purposes of talking today as though those people who are the number we're given is only the number of people who are actually unemployed. Now, I don't have, I'm not real quick with the math, but so I'm going to lower that number. I know the last number I saw was 12%, where it's 20, it's, it's in my state anyway. Let's lower it to 10%. And my understanding is there's about 350 million people in our country so 10% of those people don't have jobs. And there's a multiplier associated with the, that, really. That's the people who aren't looking for jobs. And to this point in our country, we've been caught up in the Protestant work ethic, and we've justified walking by people who are begging on the streets with the idea being that, well, it's okay because there are jobs to be had. My friends, there are not enough jobs to be had. This most recent gutting of jobs is only reflective of an underlying cancer that we have been ignoring. It's like having a skin cancer in the small of your back and living alone. You don't know it's there. You act as though it isn't there. And in the end, it grows and it becomes debilitating and it forces you to have surgery. Now, added to all of this, of course, is the idea there are fewer jobs because we're moving to a society where machines can do things for us. And so... If we continue to have Protestant work ethic, for those of you, I'm sure, go back back to high school. I hope they're still teaching this stuff. The Protestant work ethic was God, God loved you. If you worked and you were good, then you were blessed with riches. That was one of the first realities in life I knew was not true. 
<laughs> my family was pretty nice people. They were pretty nice people, but they didn't have riches. And I knew God loved them. I have never for a minute in my life felt separated from the love of God. And that is a blessing for me, friends. And if I could package that and give it to you for free, I would. And that's part of the reason that I come, and I'm sure it's part of the reason Brian comes on Sunday mornings, is to share with you an unabashed, total lifetime belief that no matter what I did, no matter what I faced, I never faced it alone. And believe me, I've made some mistakes. But even in the midst of my mistakes, in the flames, I beheld only God. And so here we are at a crisis where businesses that did have jobs can no longer fund those jobs, so they're laying people off. And we're eliminating jobs with machinery, so those people don't have jobs. We have a fictional number we hold out there as saying that we are fully employed if uh, only 7.1% of our population is unemployed. That ignores all the ones. Remember, the 7.1% number comes from looking only at a part of the people who are unemployed. So we've accepted that we can have over 2 million people unemployed and we're fully employed. Folks, our choices are catching up with us. Our choices and our attitude about what work should be is catching up with us. And our attitude about people who cannot find jobs is catching up with us. And I think I may have said some of this on the air before, but I feel so strongly that much of the fear that I feel around me today is a product of a few wanting to keep the most. And for people in our country, we all go to kindergarten, or most of us do, and there in kindergarten, they taught us to share. And for whatever reason, we have justified an economy, we have justified a social order that makes it okay to walk by people who have nothing and not share. And so when I see a breaking of the mold, us rising out of the chaos, I see, as Brian said, the people need to recognize that we are all equal of value. It's not just a word. And if every man was created equal, then every man should have a place to live, should have a floor, a minimum amount of money to survive with. No children should go and go hungry in our country. Older people should not go without their medicines in order to survive. It should not be a country. We have rapidly evolved into the very thing that our ancestors fled. Feudalism. Because of the delusions we had about unemployment, because of the delusions we had about our economic structure, because of our warped connection to the Protestant work ethic that God was taking care of those who were good. We have eroded the middle class in our country to the point where we are a feudalistic country. And when our lawmakers talk about taxes... They talk about not increasing the taxes on the wealthy. That's their concern. That's the concern that's coming out of, of Washington right now. Well, well, we should have some more incentives. We should give some more money to the wealthy. Is it right to cap uh, an income at $500,000 a year? My friends, who needs more than $500,000 a year to live? I mean, who needs more money than that? Is that truly a cap? Are you truly less equal? Are you be, being deprived of right 
if you're kept at $500,000, $100,000 more than our president makes, especially when you're getting paid by our money, our tax dollars, we have hit a place where we're cracking our economic underpinnings are dated and they're cracking. And my friends, what Brian told me he did over the week was recognize that there is change afoot. And I'm probably not speaking accurately in his words, but that there is change afoot. And he personally does not have the power to guide that change except through his own actions. And so he was he spent his time rather than being in fear. Brian's a self employed man. So having being having been a self employed person, the fear can come when the phone doesn't ring. The fear comes when you don't put the gas in the car and drive to the next client appointment. The fear comes when it comes time to pay for the supplies, to pay for the orders and you don't need to buy supplies because there are no orders. Those are fearful moments. All of us are having fearful economic moments of how will I get through this. And Brian struck my heart when he said, I'm going to trust God to get me through. Now, he may not have said exactly those words, but that's the bottom line. And it's that trusting God. If we can get enough of us, not so that we lay back and wait for something to happen, but if we get enough of us who recognize that the way that this can change for the better is for us to recognize the humanity of every citizen in our country. And for us, for the first time, to get rid of shame and blame of someone requiring assistance, to get rid of the Protestant work ethic from our legislative thinking, and the people rise up and say, everyone deserves everyone deserves in our country. God loves us all. And that can be our banner. We are all equal. We're all God's children. For the first time in our country, let's get rid of the shame of requiring assistance and instead reach hand-to-hand out to one another. Not in fear that there may not be enough, but in recognition that there is enough if we share. There is enough love. I one time asked a friend to talk to me about economics because I knew this day was coming. See, I'm not impressed by the Brad and Angelina and the uh, and Bill Gates. These people don't give enough. They don't give enough. They're blessed under the Protestant work ethic. They are blessed. But even under that ethic, you gave 10%. And believe me, $1 million is not 10%, or $1 million here and $1 million there. I'm not impressed by Oprah. She doesn't give enough. I'm impressed by those of you, my friends, who reach deep into your pocket and put the last pennies of change you have into the cup of a homeless person recognizing that person has value. That they don't need to be ashamed. Last week when I was in San Francisco, homeless people would want to tell me a story as I was trying to give them money. And I'd say, you don't have to tell me anything. You don't have to convince me you're worthy. You are. You are. Fear causes us, fear blinds us. Fear that there isn't enough for ourselves and our families blinds us. 
to the worthiness of everyone. But we are all safe, my friends. We will all survive this. There are people who survived the Great Depression who still tell us stories. There are people who survived the Holocaust who tell us stories. Safe am I. Safe am I. Safe in the hands of God am I. Thank you. I got more political than I intended. It happened for a reason. Yes. Yes. It just breaks my heart when people feel they're better than others. What does that accomplish? In the end, what does it accomplish? And that's why I believe we're at the end of the Antichrist, the time. If you call that anti-love, you're in better shape. I think we're coming to the end of the anti-love, and I agree with you, Brian. It has to get to the people for them to realize it and for there to be change. There was a beautiful Stephen Coons book that I read one time, a long time ago, and it was about a woman who came back as the um, as Christ rather than a man. And I think the thing that was most striking about it is there were people were trying to kill this woman, and there was a lot of drama going on, of course. Life is full of drama, and especially when we power it by powering our fears. And um, her message was so simple. Look at the person before you in love. See that spark of light in them that exists. And the glory of that book was that uh, people started doing that around the world. And what was amazing about it was it really talked about that whole study when I was in high school who talked about the exponential effect of, of babies being born, you know. And the same exponential effect occurred with love. If when I went out today, I saw the value in each person in front of me and accorded them equal respect to that that I wanted for myself. And each one of them left me and I touched them. Who cares if I touched them? They just recognized in themselves that that was how they wanted to be. And they went out and treated each person that they encountered with equal respect to that which they wanted. And it continued on. Can you see? It would only take a year. It would take less than a year. It might take two or three days for it to spread completely around the world and for love to finally take hold. Brian? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was kind of, I was passing the baton. <laughs> oh, yeah, I kind of felt that, but uh, nothing came to me to say, so I didn't say anything. And that's okay. You know what? Everything is just the way it's supposed to be. And my friends, Amen. each and every one of you are just who you are supposed to be, having lived all that you lived. There are no accidents in God's world. You're all who you're supposed to be. And now you are in a moment of defining who you are. And that is only in your power. That is only in your power to say who you are and how you want to treat others. And I think if you're listening to our program, you're doing it perhaps for assurances that you are loved but also you are doing it because you believe you are loved. 
and you are loved by God. You are never alone. We are never facing anything without God by our side. The um, thing about fear, and I've had some friends call me eroded with fear lately, and they generally start the conversation by saying to me, I know I shouldn't let fear get in my mind. And I know I shouldn't think these thoughts. And then they would proceed to tell me a future construction. And inevitably, the future construction that they saw coming down the pike to them was grounded in some sort of past construction. And and my first thing is, well, wait a minute. How do you know that this thing happened exactly the way you're saying in the past? Oh, I know, I know. I know it may not have happened that way. Oh, that's an assumption. You know what they say about assumptions, my friends. Maybe it's not right for a spiritual show. We're not religious. We're spiritual, so I can say it makes an ass out of you and me. And I said, well, I don't think you really know those things happened exactly that way. I said, there's multiple sides to every story. Well, that's true. But then, based on those assumptions, my friends have created this nightmarish future. And my friends, as Brian brought to my attention, what good's it going to do to riddle yourself with worry today for something that may never come to pass in the future? And moreover, why would you want to start manifesting a series of tragic events? So today when Brian does our centering exercise, I'm going to ask him to begin the process of us manifesting an exponential sharing of love with each one of us starting the process ourselves today and treating the people around us as we would want to be treated in their situation. Therefore, there is nothing we will not excuse. Because if we were in other person's situation, we would probably act as that person is acting. And even if we wouldn't, which is what most of us have said to justify not forgiving, not excusing, we have to ask ourselves, how would we want to be treated if we made that mistake of all mistakes? So to me, the mistake of all mistakes is to take a life, to harm another, or to harm another in such a way that their life, as they continue to live it, will be physically less, they will be physically less capable. To me, those are ultimate. But then I can move into the emotional realm. Ultimate harm to people is lying to them because lies inevitably surface. And then the pain and destruction they do as they completely morph what has happened into something different. So they basically destroy history for people and leave that person with such intense pain. And how do we forgive those kinds of things? I'm not saying we do not act on them, we do not say something, but I'm saying we say the words that would mean the most to us to hear if we were that person. I'm a person that if I say something um, that is off of my little linear thinking of right, I I immediately go to the person and I say, oh my gosh, I said this. I wasn't thinking about it. And, And they say, it's okay. I know you weren't thinking that way. So now the challenge for me is if someone says something 
to me, even if they don't come to me, if I hear those words, to think, I don't really think that, I don't choose to believe they thought about those words the way I'm feeling right now. So I'm going to let my feelings go, and I'm going to forgive them. If we change from a world of shame and blame to a world of love and forgiveness, it could happen quickly. It could if we begin manifesting it. And if we know that God is with us now, but that the past is done and the future is just to come, I'd like to share, in fact, before we go into the centering exercise, a passage from the book, The Shack, and I recognize for some people they're saying, wow, that's such an evangelical book. It's about Christianity and, and you can only go, uh, you can only join God if you're a Christian. And friends, open up your heart and your box thinking and use the word love. Use the word love for Jesus. Love chuckled. Relax, Max. This is not a test. It's a conversation. You are exactly correct, by the way. But now tell me, where do you spend most of your time? In your mind, in your imagination, in the present, in the past, or in the future? Mac thought for a moment before answering, I suppose that I would have to say I spend very little time in the present. For me, I spend a big piece in the past. But most of the rest of the time, I am trying to figure out the future. Not unlike most people, Love said, when I dwell with you, I do so in the present. I live in the present, not the past. Although much can be remembered and learned by looking back, but only for a visit, not an extended stay. And for sure, I do not dwell in the future. You visualize or imagine. Do you realize that your imagination of the future, which is almost always dictated, excuse me, dictated by fear of some kind, rarely, if ever, pictures me there with you? Wow. Again, Max stopped and thought. It was true. He spent a lot of time fretting and worrying about the future. And in his imaginations, it was usually pretty gloomy and depressing, if not outright horrible. And love was also correct in Mac's imagination of the future. God was always absent. Why do I do that? asked Mac. Love responded, It is your desperate attempt to get some control over something you can't. It is impossible for you to take control of the future because it isn't real. Nor will it ever be real. You try and play God imagining the evil that you fear becoming reality and then you try and make plans and contingencies to avoid what you fear. So why do I have so much fear in my life? Love said, because you don't believe. You don't believe that I love you. The person who lives by their fears will not find freedom in God's love. I'm not talking about emotional, rational fears regarding legitimate dangers, but imagine fears and especially the projection of fears into the future. To the degree those have a place in your life, you, you neither believe God is good nor how deep know deep in your heart that God loves you. You sing about it, you talk about it, but you don't know it. You don't believe Jesus loves you. Yes, he does. Not because the Bible says so, but because you're worthy. Allah loves you. Yahweh loves you. The great I am loves you. The divine one the Divine Mother, the Eternal Now, the Great Spirit. You are loved, my friends. You are loved. Brian, can you lead us in a centering exercise? 
if you want to comment, please comment, but then if you would lead us in a centering exercise. Brian? I apologize. I had myself on mute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, uh, um, I, I'd love to take us on a journey. Thank you. And why don't we use Daniel Kobayaka's Pathless Journey as our background music? Thank you. Right now, I'd like to lead us all in a journey. A journey where we're going to go on a path. And on this path, we're going to come across many people, many different kinds of people. Some might be recognizable and some might not. The goal of this walking, of this journey, is to see the perfect perfection in the faces of all those we come across as we walk. So now please take this opportunity to get comfortable in whichever way you feel most comfortable. And as you get comfortable, please close your eyes and begin to breathe deeply into the nose and out through the nose. Into the nose and out through the nose. And as you begin to breathe deeply, taking your time, breathing deeper with each breath, you might begin to feel yourself relaxing, becoming more at ease, more at peace within within yourself and within your surroundings. And as you continue to breathe deeply into the nose and out of the nose, I want you to take your attention to your lungs and to your heart. Feeling your lungs expand with each breath you take in and contract as you let the breath go. and feeling your whole heart pulse with each breath. Feeling the blood surge through your veins all throughout your body. As you begin to connect with this perfect body, this perfect coalition of so many different functions, that come together to put together this beautiful specimen. And as you take your focus all throughout your body, giving your attention to your spleen, to your kidneys, all throughout your body, you can see that there's different aspects but each aspect plays its perfect role in the functioning of the whole. And as you stop to visit with each function, bless it and thank it for its purpose, for its job. Thank you for its presence in your life. Now as you continue to scan your body, thanking each part of your body for its function and its gift that it brings you. I want you to take your awareness now to the top of your head and into the crown chakra. Feeling the energies just above your head 
and as you might connect with these energies, you might start to feel or see energy and a radiant white and golden light. And now as you begin to see this energy more and feel its radiance, as you begin to connect with it, as it enters your awareness, I want you to take your focus to your third eye chakra, to your brow chakra. And now we're going to go on this journey, a typical day in our lives. Waking up in the morning and seeing our loved one laying beside us. Seeing the perfection in their face. Thanking them and blessing them for being in our lives. And as we get up and prepare ourselves for the day, we come across our kids if we have them. And we stop to take a moment to look into their face and see the perfect perfection of them and bless them and thank them for being in our lives, for giving us a beautiful gift of their presence in our lives. And now as we might go about our day, whether that be going to work or staying at home with our kids, or whatever functions you partake in throughout the day, whether that be going shopping at the grocery store. As you walk throughout your day and you come across people, whether it be for a millisecond or for lunch, look around up you and just observe them. Do not judge them, but just look at them and really, truly begin to see them as you look into their face and recognize the beauty and perfection that they are. And as you do this, as you walk throughout your day, giving your attention to these people, seeing the equality in them, realizing that without them, this world that we know would not be. So it takes all of us to be here it takes every different aspect, every different function that we each play to be able to be here at all. And as we might get to work or come across those that we see every day who in the past have really been able to push our buttons we now take a moment to settle down and relax and look into their eyes and recognize the peace and perfection of their function in this world and the gift that they too are bringing to our lives. Because everyone that we come across, whether it be for just a passing glance or a parent, are all a beautiful gift in our lives and in the world and in God. And as you continue to go out through your day, recognizing this perfection in all things, you might begin to realize the love that pervades all things and connects all things together as one 
and as you let this awareness enter your, into your mind, you might feel the peace, the joy, the bliss of the wonderful energies as they expand in your awareness and all throughout your body. Taking notice and realizing that they exponentially expand and become that much stronger in all things that you see as you recognize the perfect perfection in all things. As you give all things that you come across the gift be who they truly are, which is a part of God, which is perfect and whole, which is love. You give all things the gift of this remembrance when you choose to remember this in them. We are all here together, walking the same path the very same path, but seeing it a little bit differently from each of our vantage points. And as we start to remember the path, being perfect, and also being shared by all beings, as we start to remember this, we help all others remember this because we are all connected as one and we all truly are walking the same path. And now as you begin to end your day and you come back home to your family, to your friends, to your loved ones, remembering to carry with you this thought taking the time to see the perfection in them, blessing them and thanking them for the gifts in your life, and for them being who they are. And now as we lay down to go to sleep, looking back on our day, Remembering, recognizing once again, all those that we touched as we came across them in our day, blessing them and seeing them as perfect and whole. We find ourselves drifting off to sleep in peace and in quiet serenity. now as we begin to bring our focus back to our breath, breathing deeply into the nose and out of the nose, into the nose and out of the nose. I want you to bring your attention back to your lungs and to your heart. Feeling your lungs expand and contract with each deep breath. And feeling the love in your heart. As it now pushes love as well as blood throughout your veins. To every area, every corner, every vessel of your body. And as you begin to feel this love expand all throughout your body. You feel it start to emit, start to radiate out through you. And you realize that just by being you, you are emitting this love. Just by being in the presence of this remembrance of your perfect perfection, the love radiates out through you without any effort. 
and this is a beautiful gift that we can all share with the world always if we so choose beautiful. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. That was truly, truly lovely. And, and the um, manifestation of ourselves as loving beings, seeing more in others than you're showing us was just exquisite. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It was so good that for a change, remarkable as it is, I am somewhat speechless. Brian, I'm going to let you talk for a few minutes. We have about four minutes left in the show. Uh, we're listening to Daniel Kobialka's Watercolor Interlude. And for those of our listeners who, like I, uh, are just kind of, I don't know, radiating into the music or letting the music radiate into us, whichever way. Uh, Brian, uh, we have three minutes now, so if you'd like to talk for a few minutes before we close up the show, I'd appreciate it. Well, why don't we all take a moment to bask in the glow of this energy, having it become one with us, and just being with it so that we can remember it in ourselves every cell of our being because every cell of our being holds memory and as you experience these experiences memories cells remember them and hold this remembrance with them and that's how it truly becomes a part of you so as we sit here basking in this truth that we have connected with it becomes that much more solidified within us and becomes an unconscious remembrance that we just naturally do without having to think about it. And that is eventually where we will get to as we allow it to be that. Because in truth, everything is perfect. Always. It's never been otherwise, except in our crazy imaginings. It's only in our imaginings that worry and fear can take place. But when we let that go, and we choose not to think about or focus on those things, and we just sit in peace, sit in the quiet silence, we remember the truth of all things and we reconnect with the beauty of all things and we reconnect with the love that pervades all things and when we find ourselves in that place we could describe it as being heavenly so let's spend the remainder of this show being in heaven together as one. Thank you for joining us this week on a Blog Talk Radio for You Are Okay. Remember, you are enough and that you are perfect just the way you are. May peace be with you now and always. We look forward to um, your joining us next week. Your energy is lovely. For those who listen to us after this time, know that we feel your 
impending presence. Um, Peace be with you all, and may you be able to let fear go and surrender to love. You are all blessed, and you are all gifts to everyone, and you are gifts to us. Thank you all. Namaste. Namaste.